This is Montego Bradley from Fans of Patrol, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 274 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-host are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Face! <laughs> <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagans. Uh, it's officially November 2019, so uh, when I look outside, I better see Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. And I don't. You. Are listening to So Wizard Podcast? Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. This week we got a little bit of nerdy news to talk about, and then it's time to hear about our trip to Rhode Island Comic Con 2019, including interviews direct from the show floor. But before we get into all that, how is everyone doing? Marcellus Reagans, how are you recovering from Rhode Island? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, had the day off after we got back from the con and I had a lot of stuff to do. Didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Not a goddamn thing. I just relaxed and slept for most of the day and it felt awesome. Nice. Excellent. How about you, Aubrey? How are you doing this week? Uh, living the dream. Mm-hmm. One, one hospital trip at a time. Oh boy. Are you all right? I'm, I'm healing. <laughs> are you getting a little bit of sexual healing? <laughs> no. Oh. No. <laughs> you sound upset about that. You're like, ah, no. <laughs> hey, Aubrey, Aubrey, how was your uh, how was your Halloween? It was good. It was good. Uh, Noah dressed as a Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made his costume, and it took me forever. And I hand-painted everything quite a few times. So the front and the back of the mask are all painted. The petals are all painted. I had to mold the petals and then stuff them and uh, then paint them and then mold teeth with uh, Instamold, I believe. Instamorph, something like that. Anyway, they're these uh, little tiny plastic balls that you put in boiling hot water on the stove Mm -hmm. and you swish it around a little bit. um, So they all stick together and then you take it out and you put it on uh, wax paper and uh, kind of mold it the way that you would like it to. So I kept, I, I have no idea how many teeth I made, <laughs> but it was quite a few. And I bought two packages, two 12-ounce packages of these little tiny plastic balls and uh. molded them all into teeth and then glued them all onto the costume, like each individually and then painted them all three times. So it's need- pretty intense. Needless to say, Noah's going to be a Demogorgon for the next four years of his life. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you should be. <laughs> it it actually, I made the costume so detailed that I was sending pictures to, to Josh while I was making it. And he told me I had to bring it back a notch because... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to scare the kids. Yeah, he's like, this is A, a costume for a five-year-old. Somebody's going to call child services. <laughs> and B, we can't bring him out in public like that because people are going to be afraid. Like, it's so, it was so intricate. I mean, I had um, the blood on the teeth. And I mean, I had like red paint. On the petals, and I glossed it over so it looks like a mouth and everything. And then I went in with fake blood. I mean, I got a huge container of fake blood, and I doused everything in fake blood and painted everything individually with fake blood, too. Mm -hmm. What if he had looked at that and was like, oh, God, it's scary. I don't want to wear this. He did the first uh, (laughs) round. (laughs) When I had only made... Just the face part of it. I hadn't even made the petals yet. He didn't want to wear it. 
and his backup costume was uh, Freddie Mercury at Live Aid. (laughs) (laughs) That was the other costume that he chose. (laughs) I'm sorry. How old is he again? He's a very old soul. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. So the scene that I was making this Demogorgon mask or I was making a white wife beater in a <laughs> studded armband for a five-year-old. Good <laughs> Lord. Yeah, so we were all going, I, I had it all planned out. I was going to be Roger Taylor. Josh was going to be Brian May. Like, we were all, <laughs> we were set with our backup plan if we had to do this. So, yeah, I had to tone it down a little bit. I, that's why I painted everything three times, um, because I had painted it once with this, the, the uh, plastic dries as white. So I went over it with, like, an antique white to make it look more realistic. Like the, the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and for the teeth to look like it had a little bit more wear on it. Yep. And then I painted it with the fake blood, and then I <laughs> I went back and I had to go back over it with the white a little bit to tone down the, the blood and the gore. And um, I used a hot glue gun for everything, too, so there's strings throughout the teeth to look like saliva so it really is super super detailed and intricate i don't know what i'm gonna do with this mask now that i spent all this time making it and now it's uh, served its purpose you could wear it for some boudoir um demogorgon (laughs) pictures for our patreon (laughs) i could probably take the the petals off and um because it's fitted to a kid's mask right now so I could, pro- I do have adult size masks in case the kid's mask didn't work yep. for him because I wasn't sure with sizing purposes. So I bought a bunch of different masks. Um, so I actually could take the petals off and make it an adult size mask. There you go. There you go. That's That should be your costume for next year then. Yeah, yeah. I might, I'd, I'd have to make more teeth because <laughs> there's <laughs> teeth glued onto the mask. But um, those weren't... As many as the petals. The petals have a lot of teeth. Lot. Good, good. Harold's good. I'm glad uh, everybody had fun, and I'm and Noah obviously loved the costume. Right after it was all said and done, he did. There was um, actually I had claws that I made too. Uh, for again, I had to tone it down, so we decided to not <laughs> go with the claws. <laughs> I have made these are really long. Um, Demogorgon claws and it was on a glove he could slip the glove on and then he would have these long claws that were creepy and everything and uh, those were intricate all on their own because I had to roll up a piece of paper to be really long and then cut it at angles and then tape it back together and then paint it so yeah he didn't he really wanted to wear the claws but then we decided not to wear the claws and um, I was going to, he had a gray bodysuit and I actually had um, tie-dye ink that I was going to sponge on the bodysuit to make it look like the body of the Demogorgon. But again, I had to, I was told to tone yeah, it down. Yeah, seriously, seriously. <laughs> but he did, he liked it. He wasn't afraid of it, which was good. I was really sweating it that we were going to get to the day of trick-or-treat and he was going to be like, no. Yep. I'm mean, like, crap, what are we going to do now? Luckily, we do have a whole bunch of Halloween costumes in his closet because he likes to dress up as a Velociraptor and Spider-Man and Bumblebee quite a bit. So His kid. Oh, <laughs> and his new thing now is going around and when you discipline him, he goes, I'm so stressed right now. I'm so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes me laugh. Joy. How is you guys this Halloween? I didn't do anything for Halloween. Oh, wait, I take that back. I won third place in uh, my company's costume contest as Luigi. <laughs> Grew a nice Magnum PI porn mustache just for the occasion. I think that was the, that was the selling point. You didn't hand out candy to kids? Uh, no, God, no. Heavens no. I did make. I did learn a valuable lesson, though. When you order something from Amazon, make sure that the delivery day isn't the day that there's a bunch of neighborhood kids on your porch. Because that shit can end up missing. That's a lesson I never thought I, I, I didn't even think about until the day of Halloween. I'm like, holy shit. My prized stuff is just sitting out there on a porch when people are just going to be walking all over it. Fucking savages. Yep. All right. Joey, how are you doing? Um, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, yeah, we got home probably around like midnight from Rhode Island and uh, 
you know, slept. And then the next day I watched Terminator one with uh, my son as we get ready to watch dark fate. And, uh, I went to the movies and saw the lighthouse with uh, my daughter, Janine. And then I was going to watch uh, football, but I set my alarm to watch football and took a nap. And when the alarm went off, I got up and said, <laughs> and went back to bed for another nine hours. So <laughs> I guess I was a little tired from Rhode Island. Yeah, but, I would say so. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, Halloween was great. You know, my son dressed as John Wick. We, <laughs> my daughter took her hair straightener and he has big curly hair and she spent an hour straightening his hair so we could slick it back. Um, it was really weird to see his hair not being, uh, curly, but, uh, it was funny cause it was raining out. So as we walked around getting candy, his hair was reverting more and more <laughs> back to its original state. It's like, it was fighting against the, uh, curling iron or the straightening irons. So that was funny. Um, but, and my daughter dressed as Velma from Scooby-Doo and she went out with her friends and didn't go trick or treating with us. So <sighs> as they get older, you know, yep, sad, but we got a ton of candy. We had a good time, even though it was rainy and windy, we didn't give a shit because it's Halloween motherfucker. We don't need to postpone it or change the day like wusses. <laughs> and that was that. So I guess, Mark, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard podcast and then we'll jump into this nerdy news. All right, so everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. You'll find movie reviews from yours truly, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu streaming picks from our buddy the awesome Adam Wallyhawk. Uh, you'll also find some of our merchandise there. You can purchase some of our Soul Wizard t-shirts and sweatshirts. Look good while you're representing the show. Uh, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Click on the big Amazon logo A. Do your shopping, receive your products, and that way you'll be helping out our show. Just make sure you don't have your packages delivered on Halloween. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We also have a Patreon uh, page that you can support our show monetarily each month. Receive bonus content from So Wizard Podcast. Uh, shout out to the Geek World's All-Stars Podcasting Network. Also check out our YouTube page. Back to you, Joey. I hardly ever am offensive or creepy. Do you all hear me out there in Dimension 1218's Earth? Oh, God, I love it. All right, let's do this. What's going on in the world of nerd this week? Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, so this week in nerdy news, uh, the moment that everyone has been waiting for, we finally have a date for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, Spider-Harder. Uh, it's coming out April 8th. 2022 animated movies take a long time to make so the date doesn't surprise me i am surprised that they already have the story ready to go uh spider-man into the spider-verse is one of the best animated movies in the past 10 years i loved it and i can't wait to see what they got cooking up next uh are you guys psyched for spider-man into the spider-verse 2 and how do you feel about this date being so far out let's start with aubrey um i'm feeling pretty good about it i think that it can no one loves uh spider-man so I think I think it's great. I don't care that it's out too far because I think that that gives them more time to perfect it. Um, so if it takes longer to come out, then fine. If it takes longer to create a quality a quality movie, then awesome. Take all the time you need. As long as when it comes out, it's perfect. If it comes out and it's shitty and it's taken so long, then I'm gonna be pissed. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're still going to be, you think the world is still going to be as excited for a Spider-Man movie in 2022? Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. Joey, what about you, man? How do you feel about this date? Why is it so far away? Because it takes a long <laughs> time to make this stuff. Oh, I know. I know. I've, I've <laughs> seen, I've read a lot about the behind the scenes work that went into uh, making Spider-Verse look as cool as it did. And it mm. sounded excruciating. So yes, it's going to take a long time. Um, I just hope the script uh, is up to the up to par. 
most of the original people are not coming back to work on it. So it's kind of scary. But I think they have a good template of what to do with it and where to go. So uh, I'm in, I'm very excited. The kids are very excited. Um, the world seems very excited. <laughs> it just is like, my God, why do we have this two years from now, man? Two years. See, yeah, and it, it that came out when uh, last Christmas, so 2018, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's gonna be like four years in between. I wonder what that'll do to the box office because it seems like a long time to wait for a sequel, but it's also like it's not like Spider Man is gonna go anywhere, so it's yeah. not like waiting four years for like an Angry Birds sequel or something. <laughs> um, so it's not like the character will be any less relevant, so I guess that works for it, but I, I'm just nervous. I'm very nervous about this movie because the first one is like a goddamn classic. So mm-hmm. I, I just, how do you go, where do you go from being perfect? Well, you really can only go one place and that's down. So, right, right. Well, you know, it is made by Sony. And if Sony knows one thing is how to make a Spider Man movie, yes, yes, <laughs> they've made uh, so many good ones over the years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I am curious about like the audience for the movie. Like a lot of four years is a long time. Our kids, you know, at uh, twelve years old who liked it when it first came out, are they still gonna like it at sixteen when the new one comes out? Like, are you still gonna be down with it? Granted, there'll probably be a whole new batch of kids that are gonna be all excited for it. So we'll see. Good luck to them. I'm just glad Miles is still in the picture. That's all I care about. All right. So speaking of Marvel superhero sequels, uh, Peyton Reed is joining a very rare club. He's the first Marvel director that actually gets to make the third chapter of his or the second sequel of his movie, the third chapter of the franchise. It's very rare to see these Marvel heroes get to a part three. And the fact that it's the same director, it's it's kind of uh, astonishing. Uh, James Gunn will be doing it, but Peyton Reed is the first one to do it. Uh, So I don't know. I liked Ant-Man. I liked Ant-Man, too. Uh, He seems to have a good grasp on what he's doing. He's not exactly offering anything extraordinary but he's hitting like nice solid doubles so i give him credit for that um so yeah i'm glad he's coming back for part three i don't want like another director to come in and just completely give us a dark and gritty ant-man uh, so how do you feel about Payne reed coming back for part three joey oh uh, it's it's not a sexy pick it's yeah. not a sexy news story you know what i mean like, yep. it's not like they got like quentin tarantino to come in or something <laughs> uh which actually that would be kind of cool but there'd be a lot of feet a lot of Ant Man getting smaller, <laughs> running around on feet. Ants have eight legs, so eight feet. <laughs> it's eight feet there. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the Ant Man movies are fine. I like them a lot. Um, they're not going to be at the top of the MCU for me, but they certainly are not at the bottom. It's funny. The other day, my wife uh, had never watched any of the movies, and we spent time slowly acclimating her to them. Right. And then in the in the after Infinity War came out, she sat down with my son and watched them all in order um, over the course of a few months. Uh, my son had seen most of them, but mostly he had seen starting from Guardians of the Galaxy one on in the movie theater with us. So he hadn't seen a lot of the earlier ones, but I mean, he's, he grew up in our house. It's not like he really needed a crash course on who Iron Man was. (laughs) Right. And the other day I came home uh, from work and they were, and at my other job at job number two, I didn't come home at seven in the morning. (laughs) I came home from job two and they were finishing up Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I was like, Oh great. Because we're getting closer to finally to the family rewatch of Endgame, even though she hasn't seen it. So it'd be family and my wife's first time watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, and my son's like, oh, I loved that movie. I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. And, <laughs> and you're like, like, what? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not going to shit on it, but <laughs> shit on his taste in movies. But especially after my daughter made me go see The Lighthouse. But um, God, uh, you know, again, it's not my favorite, but I like it enough. And hey, if we can get, get, get Walter Goggins some more money, I'll be happy. Yeah, he's probably not coming back for that. It'd be he's nice busy in whatever that shitty sitcom he's in now is. Right. Hey, get that sitcom money, though. That's fine. All right, Aubrey, I know you're a huge Ant-Man fan. Now, that's been documented for years. Uh, how do you feel about mm. Peyton Reed coming back for number three? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> movie is boring. No. I don't care about Ant-Man. He makes no sense. Now, I know you didn't like the first one at all, but refresh my memory. Did you like the second one with Ant-Man and a Wasp? It was okay. Okay. It wasn't like anything that has like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't horrid. 
Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. As long as they're continued. To, I mean, I, I love Paul Rudd. So seeing him back as Scott Lang, I'm, I'm all about it. So uh, I say bring it on. And more Evangeline Lilly, too, while you're at it. Uh, all right. So then switching over to the other side, uh, Greg Berlanti, is, he won't rest until he brings every DC character to the small screen. Uh, we were talking a little bit before about there being another Superman and Lois Lane TV show, but now he's going to be bringing a Green Lantern Corps series to the new streaming service, w, uh, w, HBO Max, which is something that I'm definitely not going to be taking a part of. They are going to be doing a lot of Warner Brothers stuff on it. And Greg Better Ber- Warner Brother. <laughs> and Greg Berlanti is the undisputed king of bringing DC Comics to life on uh, television. So... I thought we were going to get a buddy cop, uh, lethal weapon, Green Lantern movie, but uh, apparently that's not going to happen now with this TV show happening. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to get the streaming service. I'm not going to watch the show. Um, Aubrey, how do you feel about a Greg Berlanti CW producer himself doing a Green Lantern TV show? If I watch it, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Because A is a CW show, so I'll never keep <laughs> up with anything. In B, it's Green Lantern, which is okay, but I don't really care enough about the Green Lantern to watch an entire CW show about him. All right. Joey? Oh, I have so many mixed feelings about this. Um, I'm not going to get HBO Max. There's, It's just not enough on... It's. I don't have enough time in my life to watch... First of all, I don't have time in my life to watch anything that's not related to the podcast. <laughs> So if it's not something we're going to be covering in the show, I generally don't even have the time to watch it. Uh, two, I don't want to pay $15 a month for it. Fuck that. Um, and uh, three, it's, I love Green Lantern is my favorite DC superhero. Um, I love Green Lantern and I love the Green Lantern Corps and all the stories that go along with it. I'm really, really excited to see that brought into a TV series. But I gotta tell you, man, I am just so sick of the CW superhero formula. I'm just, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> but it works. It's been working. It, it works to a point, but it, it's, I don't know. Like, I, have you watched any of Batwoman? Uh, no, just her her appearance on a um, little spinoff uh, team-up thing that happened last year. Oh, it's boring. It's really bad. <laughs> Aw. It makes me really sad because I love Ruby Rose, but good for her to get that, you know, WB's DC money, but... Man, it's it's not good. Oh, maybe it'll pick up later in the season, but I don't know if I have the, the fucking oomph to watch it. I was gonna try to bank some episodes of it, so maybe we could talk about it on the show. But I wouldn't. I would feel like a jerk to make you guys watch it at this point. Oh Jesus! So, um, yeah, and I don't know. I was just so I'm a little nervous about that, but we'll see what the creative team and the casting looks like, and and I'll probably check out a couple episodes and as maybe if it, it'll be cool, but it's just been tough. You know, Krypton was terrible. Krypton uh, was not terrible. It wasn't fantastic. It was pretty okay. I ain't got time for pretty okay though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A very, very, very full life. So I ain't got ain't nobody got time for pretty okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on it too much because, uh, like I said, I love the character. Excited to see this. Um, I hope this doesn't mean there's not gonna be a movie now. But whatever, just get me Green Lantern in some form of media on my television, and I'll be happy. Uh, thank you, Firestick, for providing me the ability <laughs> to watch this TV show. And uh, yeah, we'll check it out when it comes out. All right. All right. So um, speaking of uh, TV shows that are going to be available on streaming services, we got another look at uh, XDC Flyboy Superman Henry Cavill in The Witcher. Uh, we saw like a little trailer for it before a few months ago, but they dropped a, a brand new Fuller trailer just to give you an idea of the scope and the magnitude of this show. Again, I never read the books, never played the video game. Everything I know about The Witcher is what I gathered from the cover art <laughs> from the video game and what people have told me. Uh, but I did look at the trailer and, uh, you know, I have some thoughts. But what are your thoughts? Uh, let's start with you, Joey. I think this looks fucking awesome. Really? Wow. <laughs> yes. This, um, I'm a sucker for uh, sword and sorcery, Dungeons and Dragons-y type stuff. And mm-hmm. this looks like it. It looks uh, very nerdy. And hopefully uh, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think it looks good. I'm, I think Henry Cavill looks way better in this trailer than he did in the goofy still photos they released. 
when it was just like him standing in darkness with a bad wig on. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks really cool to me. I, I really think, uh, this is going to be something kind of interesting to watch. So I am all in, I never played the game cause I don't have time, but I never read the books, but I know about the franchise and it sounds really cool. So give me all that D and D medieval sword and sorcery goodness all over my face. Netflix. Now, Aubrey, you had a second viewing of, uh, the deliciousness that is Henry Cavill as the Witcher. What are your What are your thoughts now on this new teaser, new teaser trailer? Um, I am not a big fan of video game adaptations of movies and TV shows. So I am. I think it looks boring, and I'm not excited. <laughs> Jesus, all of that action and special effects, and you think it looks boring? Yeah, I just I don't know. I I think they're gonna do a crap job. Oh, all right. So you you know th- this means you're gonna have to make you watch it, all right? Yeah, they're yeah. gonna hype it up, and then it's gonna be bad. You know what you say to Aubrey when she thinks she doesn't have to watch The Witcher on Netflix? Yeah. You just made the list. <laughs> so yeah, that's happening. Sorry, Aubrey. You, who knows? You'll probably be like the first person to like really enjoy it out of all of us. We'll probably Possibly. both hate it and you'll love it. <laughs> yep. I know. <laughs> that seems to be how it goes. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Game of Thrones, um, the good stuff, the good parts of it. So, yeah, I'm down for it. We'll see. Yeah, I'm really interested to watch something with, uh, obviously, this doesn't exist. If Game of Thrones doesn't happen, this doesn't exist. Right. But, you know, maybe it's a little less relationships and political intrigue and a little more killing and fighting monsters. That would be cool for me. And it looks like there's some money involved, too. So at least we know the quality will be a lot better than the CW shows. All right. So then uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, uh, it looks like the two guys that were uh, show running Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss, I think are their names. Uh, we talked about them before. They were going to be headlining a uh, Star Wars trilogy. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy hired them so they can develop a Star Wars trilogy on their own uh, based on uh, they, well, they didn't really say what uh, time frame they were going to be working in, just that it was going to be something that was original, um, that wasn't part of the Skywalker saga. But then we learned this week that, unfortunately, Lucasfilm said to them, it's largely because they signed a huge, huge, huge multi-million dollar deal to develop shows for Netflix. And that's taken up a lot of their time to the point that Kathleen Kennedy was like, hey, you know, we're giving you the keys to the Star Wars franchise. How about you show up for work over here? And uh, they opted to bounce out of it. So some people think this has to do with their uh, the way that they handle Game of Thrones or the, the final season of Game of Thrones and that their credibility kind of lost its luster in, uh, in the time uh, after they got that Star Wars gig. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that they kind of wrangled the show into the the monster hit that it was for those first five seasons, six seasons. Uh, I think they just, I would would have loved to seen them do a Star Wars uh, movie, if, if not a trilogy. I think those guys are pretty good storytellers. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed, but then I'm glad that now the reins are going to be given over to someone who maybe can offer a little bit more creativity. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. But those are my feelings. Um, Aubrey, how do you feel about the Game of Thrones guys leaving the Star Wars universe? Um, after the way that they ended Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I am glad because <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> that is the general consensus for from everybody. All right, all right, Joey. What about you, man? Oh man, fuck those guys. <laughs> Come on. They did uh, Danny dirty on Game of Thrones, so get the fuck out. They gave you five or six or so. I don't. I don't know. I never watched that. How many? They gave you some good seasons of the show leading up to the final season. They so, did. So none of that yeah. means anything at all. Hey man, it could be a hell of an awesome plane ride, but if you crash and die on the <laughs> runway, it's still a shitty ride. All right, fair point. Fair point. Um. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what's going on. And there's been all sorts of weird rumors and things that they were bounced before um, this and that they just everybody agreed to say that it was because of Netflix um, to uh, make them feel better or to, you know, save face. I don't know what's going on at Lucasfilm where they can't seem to keep anybody working on these projects. Mm-hmm. 
which is very concerning. It's also, uh, I think they, you know, I just, maybe they saw how they handled game of Thrones and they're like, yeah, these guys can't handle Netflix and us at the same time. Uh, you know, the next star Wars trilogy that comes out, whether it's 2024 or 26, it's going to be the first one where they can't really rely on nostalgia. You know, you're not going to be trotting out Harrison Ford for this one, for the trailers. So you, they got to knock this shit out of the park. And maybe they took one look at that final season and said, Nope. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you, that now that I, now that you've said that, that does sound about right. Cause I think like they used a lot of the, um, George R. Martin's books, like for those other seasons beforehand, right? There's a lot of that materials based on his books. And I think that at some point they started to have to come up with their own story to like kind of round it off. And if that's what if that's how they thought the characters were going to be, then maybe they don't have a a good of a handle on uh, characters as uh, they might have been led to believe. Maybe they need George R. R. Martin to like kind of give them the ideas in order to have them shine. Yeah, I mean they're really great showrunners as long as they have a legendary author's work to steal from. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, we'll see, man. Lucasfilm is they're under a lot of. Uh, I don't know. It's not looking good for him. It's not looking good for him. We'll hopefully we'll get this one last JJ movie, and uh, you know that'd be fine. And you know we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, I would, I would love. It's not going to happen, but I would love for the guys who did Avatar: The Last Airbender. I would love for them to get a chance to play around in that universe because they understand what makes all of those franchises work so well. But they're doing their own Netflix show, so they're they're going to be tied up for a while. All right, here you go. Come on, Ryan Johnson. Don't let us down uh, again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was kidding. I love Last Jedi. Uh, all right, so yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. So now we're going to jump into all about our time at Rhode Island Comic Con. All right, so Rhode Island Comic Con 2019, another year in the books for the biggest show in the smallest state. We've got uh, some talk about our time there, recorded there with Adam Wallyhawk. We've got uh, some interviews that Mark conducted straight from the con floor. And uh, all of that for you. Mark Ellis, anything you'd like to say to set up our time at Rhode Island Comic Con? Uh, yeah, so um, as you, if you listened to the show before, uh, what I like to do is go around through Artist Alley and find some independent comic artists to support. And I found a couple of them this year. Uh, I found... Uh, a book called Starside, Dylan and Lane were sitting behind her table dressed in, uh, well, she was dressed as the bride from Ready or Not. Uh, he had a cool slush shirt on, a Cloverfield shirt, deep cut Cloverfield shirt. So uh, automatically I knew they were cool. Uh, so I checked out their book and it, it's pretty cool. What, if, what I've seen so far, I haven't had a deep dive into it yet, uh, but the concept is really cool. Very uh, international, all-American story that you can dive into. It's called Starside. So I got to chat with them for a little bit. Uh, chatted with a gentleman named Jeff from Rare Earth Comics, who I think, Joey, you had a, a you know him a, a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, we worked together at a uh, job that was very hot and topical. <laughs> yeah, so we're walking through the, through the floor and I'm like just steady moving along and I hear Joey yell my name because I've already just left him like way behind and he's uh, talking to Jeff. So I got to talk to Jeff a little bit about his comic book and that was pretty cool. And then I came across um, a gentleman named Rob Shields. Uh, his book is called Neon Wasteland and it's literally like he jumped into my brain and gave me exactly what I wanted in a comic book. Uh, he's using a book that uh, not only is it a, a beautiful looking comic book with a really cool story with a couple of really cool stories, but it's also uh, connected to uh, an app that he developed. So it has a lot of AR in it. So it's a, you know, it's a comic book. It's animated. It has a uh, soundtrack. There's video games. I'm, act I'm actually playing video games for a change uh, from reading this book. So it's actually pretty cool. It's called Neon Wasteland. Um, and you will definitely check out the YouTube page and check out what he's doing. It's it's mind blowing. I loved it. I also want to give a shout out to Aaron and Christine Humanston, who uh, did another commission for me. I asked him to uh, draw me, Joey and Aubrey, as uh, Star Wars characters from Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker, and he did. I love his style. The next book that he has coming out, uh, Band uh, Number 3, uh, he's going to be working on it, and uh, he said it should be coming out soon. So uh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, shout out to Zombie Leader for the awesome display that he had. 
uh, for The Walking Dead. Uh, we got to take our we got to take our picture there uh, in a really cool picture. And he had a printing machine that printed out the photo right away. So uh, we got to take that home. That was pretty cool. A uh, shout out to Castillo. She's this cute little anime um, artist who does like all of these cute little drawings. And she's such a sweetheart and asked her to do a commission for me. And she did. And she's such a, a darling. I, I think she's just adorable. And uh, she made a cool little Speed Racer sticker for me that I love. Uh, shout out to Al Mega. Shout out to Clep from Critics. Shout out to DJ from uh, Fan Man Podcast. Those guys were mad cool. Love seeing them. Uh, obviously Angry Geeks and shout out to uh, Needless to Say podcast because those guys are pretty cool too. All right. So yeah, that's all of my shout outs. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Yeah, I had a good time sitting down with Needless to Say podcast at their booth and recording for about a half an hour with them talking about nerdy stuff. Um, that'll hopefully be on an upcoming episode of theirs. So those guys are great. It was nice to meet them. Shout out to uh, Woman Crush of the Year finalist Elena Strikes for uh coming on to our YouTube channel with us for a quick interview. She was there with the 501st Star Wars uh, costuming stuff, which, again, had a fantastically awesome, huge booth. Um, uh, I love Rhode Island and at Boston when we went to Fan Expo Boston both times. The 501st had gigantic booths, and they're really cool. So I really love seeing that stuff, uh, especially some of the deep cut characters they have where you're like, okay, so there's you know Luke and Han and Leia, but then somebody's like Clone Wars Anakin. You're like, holy shit, like, <laughs> that's that's deep. No, you know the 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 super deep cut that I saw. I don't remember the character's name, but if you if you watched Episode Four. He's the guy that kind of follows Luke and Ben and the droids before they get into the Millennium Falcon. He's the one that like radios in at their, he kind of like snitches oh, on them. What's He's his like, name? <laughs> <laughs> he has like an elephant, like snout yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's a uh, Gurindan. Gurindan. I fucking love I'm, that character. I'm pronouncing it right. But. I love, I've always loved that character for some strange reason. And to see someone cosplay as him there, I'm like, holy shit, that is super deep cut. So good yeah. on them. It was great to see our friends like Keith uh, Gleason and Tim Jones. Obviously, you know, you already shouted them out, but Comics Crusaders and Critics, Fan Men. So uh, I think that's everybody wanted to shout out. But if we forgot about you, I'm sorry. But yeah, and Angry Geeks, obviously, you know, they were it, it was a little weird because they were doing so many panels that you didn't, we barely even got to see them. <laughs> we did get to see Lewis a few times and we did go to their after party, which was a lot of fun. So that was it. So let's jump into our Rhode Island Comic Con coverage. As always, thank you to Rhode Island Comic Con and Altered Reality Entertainment for allowing us as press. Please let us come back next year. <laughs> yeah, I also want to give a, a, a one last quick shout out to the awesome Adam Molly Hawk for uh, joining us and taking a load off of my shoulders, doing a, getting a lot of the content for the show. And shout out to Jackie for jumping on the episode, even though I didn't think she was going to. Shout out to Jackie for putting up with uh, going with a con with us. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that poor woman. She is a superhero. She's Good a Lord. trooper, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into that Rhode Island coverage. All right, WizKids, Marky Mark, So Wizard Podcast, Rhode Island Comic Con 2019. I'm here with Jeff of Rare Earth Comics, an independent comic book creator you know I like to find these guys uh, whenever, guys and girls, whenever I go to the convention. Uh, Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing very good today. Great to be here. Good, good, man. Now tell me, uh, tell me and the listeners a little bit about the book that you got going on right here. My book here is Heretic Hex, and my quick pitch for it is three words long, Punk Rock Gandalf. <laughs> it's a world of high fantasy and sorcery, you know, like a D&D type inspired land. Yeah. And my main character is a wizard, but... Has got more of an attitude of, like, say, Sid Vicious. Okay. All right. Now, is there other, like, wizards around to, like, kind of try to put him in place? Absolutely. In this realm, the Wizards Council runs everything. Okay. And my main character, Lars Strummer, used to be a member of that council. Used to be. All right. Now, it looks like here you got volume one. Um, about how long have you been making a book? This book came out in March of 2018. I started making it probably winter of 2017, uh, right after I gave up looking for a new place to tattoo. All right. And about how many stories you think you got for this? Is it going to be like ongoing? It's definitely ongoing. I'm working on volume two right now, and I hope to have it out for San Diego this upcoming summer. Very nice. Now, dude, I think it looks awesome. If people want to check it out, where can they find you at? RareEarthComics.com. Awesome. Jeff, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us here at So Wizard Podcast, man. We appreciate it. 
Thank you very much. All right, WizKids, Marky Mark, So Wizard Podcast, Rhode Island Comic Con 2019. You know how I do. I walk around, look for independent comic creators, and I happen to come across two creators who just their outfits alone made me stop. Uh, please introduce yourselves to our listeners. My name is Lane Brettschneider. I'm a co-writer of Starside. And I'm Dylan Klein. I am also the co-writer of Starside. <laughs> awesome. Now, Starside, is, the colors are amazing. Um, it looks really cool. Can you give the listeners a little bit of information of what the story is about? Sure. Uh, so Starside is about uh, 16-year-old Jack. is a normal high school student. And uh, on an average day, aliens invade Earth, and they start taking prisoners. Uh, and Jack becomes one of these prisoners. And he gets brought deeper into the universe where um, this intergalactic war has been going on for centuries. And so he's kind of pulled into the middle of that, and he starts to kind of uncover that humans might actually be the key to stopping this war. So it's uh, some fantasy elements, some sci-fi elements. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, what was the inspiration for this story? Because this sounds like it's uh, something that has like a traditional sound, like something that a lot of people can really get behind. What was the inspiration behind it? Oh, sorry. Well, um, for me, I, I just um, I I always just loved creating stories in my mind. I was I'm an only child, so when I'd go on long trips, I would just sort of be alone in my head. And, you know, I just kind of embellished uh, on some of my influences and I just wanted to make a story where sci-fi and fantasy is, is you know, present at the same time. Um, and uh, I also just wanted to put a little bit of stuff that kind of made humans kind of be important. And I think one of the things that I like about the story is that there's this kind of a theme of unity throughout it. I just, I feel like humans are capable of so many awesome things and this story is sort of a... An example of that. Awesome, dude. Now, I can see that there's, it looks like there's two books here. Uh, where can people find it if they wanted to track it down and get a copy for themselves uh, if they're not here at Rhode Island Comic Con? Yeah. Uh, you can go to our website at www.starsidecomic.com. We have an online store. I will also post other conventions where we're going to be. Uh, we're mostly on the East Coast, and we like to go to as many conventions as we can. And we're trying to get in more local comic shops as well because we love to support our local stores. Um, but if you can't make it to any of those or we're not in your local store yet, our website, starsidecomic.com, is the place to go. Awesome. Thank you so much. The book looks great, um, and I really just on your outfits alone if you could check out the soul wizard facebook page you can definitely see the outfits that they're wearing uh right to mark's heart it went uh guys good luck with the comic book thank, thank you, you so much, much. it's great you. to meet you yeah <laughs> all right whiz kids marquee mark soul wizard podcast Rhode island comic-con 2019 uh i'm walking up and down artist alley like i usually do and i've come across Something that blew my mind, and uh, I'm not even going to bother trying to explain it to you, but let me just interview the gentleman behind something that's amazing that I've never seen before. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rob Shields. Rob, how are you doing today, man? Good. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Now, your book, just visually on its own, it stands out. It just struck me. It drew me right over to the table because of the visuals. Explain a little bit about what it is that you're trying to accomplish with this comic book. So Neon Wasteland is the world's first smart comic. It's a comic book and a cartoon and a video game all in one. So basically what happens is there's an augmented reality app that you can download. And when you use it to read the book, you can see that there's this whole hidden layer on the digital realm. So it's animated. It's gamified. There's uh, ways that you can talk to characters in the book. You can unlock alternate endings. You can find hidden pages. There's actually a video game inside the book that you can play. Uh, and it just makes it so that there's this whole other story that's happening under the surface of the printed book. And the story itself, um, it works as like its own story, right? Like you can just buy the book and read the book for its own without having all the bells and whistles. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I designed it so that you can read it as a traditional comic book if you don't want to use your phone and you don't want to be having to be stuck using your phone. Uh, but if you do use the phone, then you sort of unlock these sort of uh, hints that show what the future of the book's going to be. And it kind of works with the storyline because the storyline is about a world where there's a digital realm and a physical realm and those kind of interact and um, it just gives you a little bit more of a look into the universe. Wow, now how long did it take you to come up with this concept and was this something that you've been, uh, did you have like a eureka moment when you realized you can blend all of these elements together? Um, it was kind of, I started building a video game and then I found out that I could sort of use this same technology to work with the comic book and I'd seen other people doing it like I think Marvel has done stuff before mm -hmm. 
but they didn't really, it was like sort of a gimmicky after effect. Yep. And for me, like this is built from the ground up to use the augmented reality and it's built into the storyline. So there are like plot elements that it deals with. The reader is an essential part of the storyline. And as it goes on, they're going to have even more involvement where the characters in the book will know that you're reading the book. So it's very like meta and it has like so many opportunities to just break the fourth wall and make the comic medium something completely different than what it's been in the past. That's amazing. So if a person buys the book, uh, just as a regular comic book, and they wanted to experience everything else that comes with it, what would they have to do for that? So the app is totally free. You can download it. It's on the Play Store and the App Store. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. So if you purchase the book, um, you, again, you can read it by itself. Or if you want to experience the AR, you just need a smartphone, and you can just download the app for, totally for free. Awesome. Um, now, Rob, if people wanted to follow you, if they wanted to find you and get their hands on this, what I'm telling you right now, a visually amazing book, where can they find you at? You can go on neonwastelandgame.com and it'll tell you all about the book and all my social links so you can find all that stuff. Awesome, Rob. What you're doing is amazing and I absolutely love it, man. Good luck with the book. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. All right. So Wizard Podcast, Rhode Island Comic Con 2019. Uh, just doing a quick little uh, midway wrap up of the show. Got Joey here. We got Adam here. How What's you going on, everybody? What's How up? How you doing? Yeah. I'm really tired. Um, it's been a long day. It's Saturday, which is the craziest day at the con. Um, there are a lot of people here. <laughs> it feels like there's more people here today than there were last year on Saturday. For some reason, I don't know what it is. It feels a lot crazier here today. Well, it's still kind of early, too, so it might right. even get a little bit crazier. Right. It's my first time at Rhode Island Comic Con, but it seems like a really nice-sized convention. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good mid-size show with just a lot of traffic. <laughs> like the audience definitely outweighs the uh, the venue. For but, sure. Uh, they're they're making it work. They're making it work. It's not a complete cluster. Not like they have uh, a couple of years ago where they had to like send people out. Right. Yeah, this fire marshal hasn't shown up, so. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're in good shape right now. And and the cool thing about Rhode Island uh, Alter Reality that runs it every year, they're they're always trying ways to fit the people in and to if there, if there's an issue it's solved the next year. Right. So, you know, we, there was, you know, the sky bridge and then they fixed that. And then, you know, there's different things. I really wish they would open the doors. There's a charging station and there's doors right behind it. And then that corner is a complete clusterfuck of trying to walk around. And then they've got a table with uh, Chick-fil-A and uh, Dave and Buster's. And it's just like, it's like a wall of humanity. <laughs> if they could just open those doors and give you a few more entrances onto the floor there. That would completely alleviate that cluster in the air in the corner there. But so far, they haven't done that in the four years we've been here. So, but to be fair, that charging station is pretty cool. I yeah, don't think they've is, had yeah, that here before. That's the first, it used to be where the pirates, the pirate guys, were always there. Right. Right. Now yeah. it's the uh, charging station. It's free. You just walk over, and they have uh, Android or uh, whatever iPhone like charging it's cords. Like five different cords. I don't yeah, know. It's free. I know what the other it's three free. are. There's no charge. There's you know, your phone's charged, but there's no charge for your pocket. So. I like how uh, laid out everything is, or how spread out everything is, where the 501st Legion gets a huge section, uh, zombie leaders raising money for leukemia, gets a huge room to himself, then there's panels separate from that, so it's not everyone in one space for one thing. Yeah, the Star Wars section seems to get bigger every year. Right. I mean, at some point, we're going to come here, and there's just going to be a Death Star. It's like a full-size Death Star for us to like run through <laughs> instead of these okay, little panels. That. It's awesome. <laughs> they, they bring the whole display to this con. Like Sometimes you, go and you see the 501st, and they've just got a booth. These guys have a huge corner of the upstairs, and there's a Death Star, and there's like the bunker from Return yeah, of the, the Jedi, the, yeah. the indoor forest moon bunker, mm-hmm. and they've got all the droids. It's pretty freaking awesome. So and fully animatronic too. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks amazing. It looks like a movie set. Tell so, you, one so day. me and Mark came in last night, and we were here Friday. Now Friday is a weird day in Rhode Island Comic Con because as many people as there are here today, it's a lot quieter on Friday. So we were able to get some interviews uh, done on Friday, some independent artists, and we checked out some panels. Mark, we went to a film festival. Yeah, the Geek name. Film Festival, because uh, I love movies, and whenever we go to the conventions, I never get to... There's never enough time to like watch anything or just you know absorb any kind of film. You know, There's independent comic book creators all over the place. There's independent filmmakers, too, and I never get to see any of those. So yeah. this was my window. This is my opportunity to yeah, do it. It was the Geek Fest Film Fest. Was it Indies? 
Yeah. Yep. It was all independent short films and then uh, like pilots for possible TV shows. Oh, cool. Very geek friendly. And they were cool. They uh, apparently, you know, we didn't stay for the whole night because it was two hours and Joy had been up like all yeah, day. I, I did not go to bed yesterday. So I came home from work. I got home at like 7 a.m. I, I packed. I had some errands to run. I had to go to the bank. I took a shower. I shaved my head. Um, and then I put and picked up Mark and we came on down here. So by like 1130 at night, I, I was rough, man. I know, but I wasn't giving up my opportunity to watch movies, so I just tortured him. <laughs> well, as long as we saw the one short that had the girl from Firefly in it that you like. Yes, that was a, that was amazing. It was called CC, starring Jewel State. And um, that's one of the very higher budget ones. That one was really cool. They're all really cool. Uh, that one was like one of my favorite ones that we saw. Uh, but apparently we, we ducked out before um, a couple of really good ones showed up. But uh, I'll be catching up with those but at some point. I was, I was struggling towards the end there. I didn't care what happened to anybody in any of the shorts. By the end, I was just trying not to fall asleep. And we had to drive back to the hotel. But then we were, got out of the hotel, and we were so goddamn hungry. And I'm like, all right, well, we got to go to Burger King or something. So we stopped on the way on the way home. We got food. And then we went back to the hotel. And I get in the bed, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, oh, Mark's still awake. And then I rolled over, and I was just like, and I was out. Editing waits for no man. <laughs> Editing must be done. It must be done. Isn't that the exact same scenario that so you're not going to do every year? Yeah. We failed again. Yeah. Not really much of a choice when you work that <laughs> shift, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It was so far. Um, Friday was pretty cool. I got a commission. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Joey's not a fan of it. No, I'm not. Um, he drew me very fat in the picture. And it really put me in a bad mood for most of the day yesterday. I got to tell you, I was yeah. not happy about it. You know, And you know what? I know I'm not svelte, okay? I'm not fucking Fabio over here. I, get, I, I You know, there's more cushion for the push in here. Mm. But I'm, I don't look like fucking, like fucking Jabba the Hutt or some shit. You know, like, you right. know, yeah. I was feeling good about myself. You know, I'm down to 240 right now. You know, I was 307 two years ago. So, you know, feeling good about myself. And then... This fucking guy just like, here, I'll draw a picture of you. You're a fat fuck. I'm like, oh, okay, great. I don't know. And I just wanted to go cry in the corner. Mm, he he cried into his uh, double whopper last right, night at I Burger did. King. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I felt better about myself being fat. I went and ate Burger King. I had Popeyes and Burger King yesterday. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not fat. That is like chicken <laughs> grease all over my face. <laughs> I think I got hit with a remnant of your, your Popeyes chicken and we were at the table. He's sitting down and all of a sudden oh, a, a yeah. bone comes flying out of nowhere and hits me in the face. What so, the fuck was that? Here's the thing. Joey I, looking up. Oh, sorry. I oh. eat chicken. It's embarrassing how I eat chicken. Like I eat everything off the chicken. Like the bone like i'm like gnawing the cartilage off the ends of the bone i like bite the bone in half start eating the marrow out of it like it's gross i don't usually eat chicken in public um, i for completely forgot about that when i got so excited because there was a popeyes at the mall that ran over and got it and then i sat down and i started like and like and i'm like oh shit and like i was eating it like a savage and some guy came over and started asking me a question about like something in the mall i'm like i don't know and he like ran away. <laughs> so I was like covered in like chicken grease and like bones flying everywhere. So I took a bite into some cartilage and then like the bone went flying across the table, like hits Mark in the eye. It was great. It was great. I missed a lot not coming on Friday. God damn it, I'm not fat. I swear to God. I'm big boned. Uh, but yeah, so far, so far it's been pretty cool. Uh, be at any size. <laughs> uh, we're still in the midst of it right now here on Saturday. Uh, we haven't done any like panels or anything, but definitely taken some pictures. Definitely came across some uh, really cool independent creators. Uh, got another commission done uh, without Joey this time. So uh, <laughs> from now on, it's just me and Aubrey and right. a blank space that would be Joey. Just draw a stick figure on the end. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to a panel yesterday. It was a uh, voice acting panel uh, hosted by our friends, uh, Fan Men Podcast. They asked if I would show up check it out for them they were really scared there wasn't going to be anyone there thankfully there were quite a few people there it was the voice of mario charles um Manet, i want to say it's how you pronounce it and then the woman that's the voice of mercy in overwatch so that was really fun i that was actually really enjoyable and then we went to uh that film festival so that was it for yesterday yeah. oh yeah yeah while joey was at the uh the fan man um panel i was at the wakanda or sorry christopher priest and don mcgregor panel talking about wakanda the past, present, future. And, uh, and that was really cool. Don McGregor did a, a lot of the stuff that's in the Black Panther movie came out of Don McGregor's head. 
Uh, and, you know, he's just the sweetest, nicest guy, too. Uh, hearing them talk about Wakanda and uh, the the path and the battles that they fought to bring Black Panther to the page so that we could eventually get this movie was very fascinating. So yeah, um, I had a, read uh, Don McGregor's Black Panther work. It's phenomenal. It's, I would highly suggest that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a fun panel, too. I love that. <laughs> so then today with the wonderful Adam Wallyhawk joined us with his lovely wife, Jackie. Notorious J A C K I E, <laughs> and uh, so we started getting some stuff for YouTube. Um, sadly, we didn't have a press pass for Jackie, so she had to wait outside in a gigantic fucking line. How big was the line, Jackie? It was it was really really <laughs> fucking big. <laughs> Excellent. It was terrible, and I sat in my car for how long was it? Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. just so that I didn't have to stand. And then in the there was line like the outside. hour while we were trying to find you. Once then you got in. I had when I, when I yeah no it, it was it was very bad. I didn't mean to reopen the wound. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, when when you come to Rhode Island Comic Con, when you when you have to come in as a pleb and not as press, because um, we have our own separate door, there's a gigantic freaking line, and uh, and it finally you get inside, and it was like two or three hours to get across the bridge into the Dunkin' Donut from the Dunkin' Donuts Center into where the main con is. So we we're like, "Fuck! Like, how are we gonna get? How are we gonna get Jackie into the show without having to wait three and a half hours to get across this bridge?" So we met up with her, and we're like, "All right, let's get her out the press entrance." So she didn't have a press badge, but what we did was we gave her Adam's camera, and we snuck through the press door. And we walked all the way around the outside of the building to where the panels are across the street in the hotel. And we pretended we were going to a panel, but then we were like, oh, we got to leave. We got something to do. So then we just walk right across the street and come in the door from as if we had been inside already and went to a panel. So it, it kind of worked out. We got her inside without a big, big ass wait. You know we're recording this, right? You're yeah. just giving away all the secrets. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Call the cops. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, we, we were uh, going around. We've been taking a lot of pictures and video of cosplayers, doing some interviews. We in- Who did we interview today, Adam? What was the altered reality comic we interviewed? What was his name? Neon? I want to say it was Bob Shields. That's not even close. He has a fully uh, altered reality comic book where you can buy the comic, read the comic as it is, and the artwork is already impressive, the traditional 2D artwork. Neon Wasteland. Rob Shields. Rob Sorry. Shields, okay. Uh, but he's also a programmer. So he programmed a full app that if you hover your smartphone or tablet over the comic, you get a whole different experience and it becomes interactive and some elements of like choose your own story. It was very, very impressive. And even his t shirts and stickers were augmented with the app. Yeah, he's pretty much living my dream. If I didn't have to do this damn podcast, that's exactly <laughs> what I would be doing. But, uh,. I thought it was awesome. I had to buy it. Um, I think it's what he's doing is amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him again when he launches the next book. We also talked to Tim. Right. Yeah. Tim Jones, who you've heard on the show before. He was a guest, helped us review the first season of Umbrella Academy. And we've interviewed him a few times at different cons around the area. Love the guy. He's got his uh, comic strip, Sour Grapes, and he's here showing that out. So we uh, grabbed an interview with him. And then, of course, most important interview of the day. Uh, Woman Crush of the Year finalist Elena Strikes uh, was here with the 501st Star Wars costuming group. So we grabbed an interview with her as well. And that'll be up. Those will all be up on YouTube. And here comes some hot chicks. And uh, yeah, so we still got a lot of stuff going on today. We got uh, the Angry Geek Show live tonight. That's the, the, the final thing we'll be going to tonight. I think that's at like 730. I haven't had an energy drink yet today, so I'm struggling a little bit, but I don't know if I want to pay $10 for one inside. Cool. What else is going on today, Mark? What else is up? Any other panels or anything you want to go to? Oh, uh, yeah. I got my ticket for the Stranger Things panel. That's all uh, I That's all I care very about. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, what time is that? That's at 6 o'clock. So, uh, yeah. So, finally, I can be in a place where someone will recognize my Lucas cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> is that a, why is that guy walking around with that weird afro? <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, going to go record with uh, another podcast that's here in a little bit. The uh, sorry, the Needless to Say podcast. Uh, I have a table downstairs. Uh, they're from Rhode Island, and I was talking to them a little bit on Twitter, and I think I'm going to go record with them for a tiny bit, a little crossover action. Um, yeah, so that's about the excitement of uh, Rhode Island so far. You know? Adam, so this is your first time at Rhode Island, dude. So first one at Rhode Island. Yeah. So what do you think about it so far? I mean, you haven't had like the full experience. You've only been here for a day, but you know, what do you think about it so far, especially compared to where we were in New York? 
I'm really liking it because I did like the Empire State Comic Con, which was very, very small, and I think it's just starting out. Mm-hmm. And I did your mini con with you guys a few years ago, which <laughs> Sorry. is even smaller, <laughs> which no longer exists. And then my only other Comic Con experience was New York Comic Con, which you cannot get bigger than. Yeah. So this is kind of a nice mix where there's a lot to do and a lot to see, but you're not swarmed under people. Mm-hmm. Aside from the sky bridge, <laughs> hey, you can actually move around down on the vendor floor. Yeah, at all times, even at its busiest. So, yeah, I think it's a really good balance of uh, big name creators, indie creators, uh, people doing crafts, cosplay. It's a it's a nice blend of everything, and it's not completely spread out where you'll miss everything. You can mm-hmm. catch everything. Uh, pretty close together. So and I think if you're I, into the celebrity part of the Comic Cons, I think there might be more celebrities here than there were at New York Comic Con. Yeah, probably. Yes, it feels probably. like it. Yeah, that's a big uh, focus for Rhode Island is always having crazy guest lists, tons of celebrities. So yeah, we yeah. got some stuff. I saw Scott Steiner uh, downstairs, former uh, WCW <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, we almost bumped into Richard Dreyfus, and I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, get, out. get this old guy out of the way, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so that's it for right now. Uh, uh, anything else you guys want to say? Um, shout out to Keith, and uh, that's it. Yeah, shout out to Al Mega too for uh, yeah, being shout super out to nice. Critics, critics, X. All right, kids, we'll be back later on. And we are back. Awesome time at Rhode Island Comic Con. Huge shout out to everyone at Alter Reality Entertainment for allowing us to be pressed at the con. But now it's time to wrap up the episode. Let's get some recommendations. Aubrey, what do you got for the listeners? Um, Blizzard just announced that they are releasing a Diablo 4, which I am super excited about. So everybody should be super excited. Um, That is my recommendation for the week is to celebrate Diablo 4. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-order today. Yep. If available. I don't know. Awesome. All right, Marcellus, how about you? Uh, hmm. Okay. Oh, you know what? I do have a recommendation. Yeah, so I want to recommend everybody check out my other podcast called K-Pop Cosmos, uh, where I get to geek out about K-Pop music. Uh, every episode, we pick a particular group or artist and dissect their career and go through some of their hits and go through some of their personal stuff and uh, talk a little bit about the culture of Korea. So, uh, yeah, it comes out uh, every month or so. Uh, the next one we're going to be doing is uh, one of my personal favorites named Sumni, who is just the coolest female artist in the world. She's awesome. Uh, but it's called K-Pop Cosmos. It's under the Undercover Capes uh, Podcast Network. Check it out. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com, where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just about any podcatcher under the sun will be there. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search Podcast. You'll find hours of content there uh we've just dropped a few videos from rhode island comic con as we record this and we've got about seven to eight of those coming throughout the week so tons of content from the floor at rhode island comic con you can check it out go to our patreon patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast you can support us monetarily and get yourself extra episodes of the podcast we just released uh last month our top three halloween movies and this month is the only way to hear our review of Terminator colon Dark Fate when you support us monetarily on Patreon. And uh, that's pretty much what I got for the show. I will recommend that you check out uh, Watchmen on HBO. I'm now three episodes in and it's still not great, but it's not <laughs> terrible. And uh, it's getting better every week. I think the first episode was really just kind of jarring that it's not it's not Watchmen, but it is Watchmen. The best I can say, I can say without spoiling stuff. Um, but once you can kind of like just let it go, like be like frozen and let it go and, and enjoy the show for what it is, it gets better each week. And especially as they're kind of re- unveiling and re- re- unraveling more and more of the mysteries of what's going on. Um, it's certainly gotten more interesting. So I'm still on it. Check out Watchmen on HBO. But that is going to do it for episode 274 of the So Wizard podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-host is the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Good night, San Diego. 
<laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Everybody have a good week. Ryan Johnson, I believe in you. Wakanda forever. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking about Charlie's Angels. <laughs> All the ladies. Don't call <laughs> Throw your angel. hands up at me. <laughs> good journey.